one ready. In this corner with Brian Campbell returns with the boxing edition as we fill that syringe until it's runneth over for another lethal injection of the performance enhancing audio. The Brian Campbell, in fact, the voice that you hear just about ready to bring in my man Big Red and bring to you the listener another loaded show you simply won't want to miss. Not only will we recap the past two weeks in boxing, including big wins from this show's favorite fighters, Tyson Fury and Asik Dogbay, but we will chat with unbeaten lightweight prospect King Rye, Ryan Garcia, who returns to the ring on Saturday in Golden Boy's Facebook watch card. We'll chat about all things Ryan Garcia. You're not going to want to miss it. You want to be part of this. It's going to get sloppy. We're going to love it right here. And we will also be checking out your personal DM slides, answering your questions, previewing the weekend to come. When we ask Rafe, does he in fact care about the fights you'll see in the next few days? We're also going to check out the latest news and hottest sound drops from this wild and wacky sport. And we will also be saying hello to you, our loyal boxing listeners. Hi, my boxing fans. Um, Thank you for your support. Thank you indeed. And just like Big John Fury, there is no jacking allowed on this show. There's no jacking in us at all. Even me, a 53-year-old, I'll never pack. I won't jack. I'll be there till I can't breathe. I mean, that, that, that's the guarantee for this show, folks. We will never come whack on an old-school jack. But before we get the party started, let me remind you to do your part in this audio revolution now, some of you already have. You've taken the time to press pause on your life long enough to give us that 60 seconds of time for the five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you consume fine audio. Some of you even run a nice little sentence there. Oh, I'm a big, I'm a Team Rafe fan. I love the, I love the, the, uh, the red beard on Big Rafe. Go ahead. Whatever you gotta do, tell us you're listening. Tell us you're part of where this place, where this thing is going. Tell us you believe in Load Watch 20 18. That's what we do on this show. Please. It goes a long way. And also, you know, guys, when you wake up in the morning, right? We all have a routine. The routine I want you to get into, though, is receiving the best highlights and biggest sports stories right in your in-hole every single morning with that CBS Sports HQ newsletter packed with all the good stuff you need to see before you start your day. Please go to cbssports.com slash HQ daily to subscribe. Tell them. Your boy BC sent you. Now it's time to bring in my main man, my best friend in boxeo, and an internationally renowned author, editor, newsletter writer, Filipino TV icon, abuser of soda, and you know him as your personal. Can it let guy? Let me lick you up. You what? Let me crack my leg. Oh, baby, Ray Bartholomew. Hello, Brian. Hello, hello, big red fans. Wow. Hey, a lot of big, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of big red fans out there. A lot of our, from our, uh, oh wait, we don't have female listeners. Sorry. Take that back. Rave, how is it on the left coast? What's happened in your life? We've been off for two weeks because sometimes we do that. The people, they did, they couldn't handle that. We got the we got the tweets, the DMs. They're like, "Where is my lethal injection? Where where is my load watch? You know, there have been loads loads have been shot, and and no one has recorded it. Our our solemn duty. I mean, we are. You know, I hate to be one of these podcasts that drops terrible Game of Thrones pop culture references, but we are on the wall. 
that we have to keep an eye out and and chronicle these events. Uh, and we can't miss them, man. We can't let the people down. I think the people just missed. We just had an audio glitch. I think they missed what you say. What'd you say? Game of Thrones? We can't miss what? Oh, they're trying to hold me down, Brian. They're just trying to hold me down. Uh, I'm saying I don't want to be one of these podcasts that just overdoes it with the terrible Game of Thrones references, yeah. but we are on that wall. We are the load watch. We are. That is our solemn sworn duty. That is our oath for life. That is, we are going to be out there chronicling every load, every wad that gets oh, shot in oh the sport of boxing. God, that's just so disgusting. I mean, just let, let me cool you down for a second. Come on, let me let me put some water on your balls. Hey, Rafe, lot to get to. A lot of news have crept in there and and jumped in between. We got a lot of fights to recap and free swag alert. I told you on the latest episode how the contender, by the way, that, that series did kick off only on Epics, by the way. It's a new season. I can't wait to check it out myself, Rafe. They sent me, of course, the great boxing robe with my name on the back. And you made an offhanded comment that said, hey, BC, you know, that's great that Anderson Silva sending you hair gel. That's great that uh, Modelo sending you a six-pack for talking to UFC fighters. But when are you going to get the good stuff, the real performance enhancers, the 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 ripper nutrition, the purple powder? I came back from SummerSlam, Rafe, because I know you don't want to talk about pro wrestling. You don't care about that stuff. But I came back from SummerSlam to a box on my desk with two bottles of ripper nutrition, the oxy ripper for pre-workout, the amino ripper for pro-workout, Team Badu Jack on the cover. I got some merch. I got a t-shirt, I got a bag, and I got to tell you, I did laugh. I did laugh a hearty one when I received that great free swag. But guess what I've been doing this week? Guess. Just guess. Getting ripped. I've been getting, I've been snorting this stuff. I have been getting, well, maybe, I'll take that back. We'll take that part back. Dude, I've been getting ripped. I've been in the gym in my basement, and I'm back, baby. And it's all because of Ripper Nutrition and the good folks at Team Badu Jack. Rafe. This this is its own revolution. I don't know if it's going to pass a USADA test. I don't know if I can get through Vada with this. You want to join it? You want to get a little taste of this purple powder? I would love to get ripped. You know, I mean, I was here on the podcast, of course. We were talking about it, and and you're talking about the swag, your Anderson Anderson Silva bald hair gel. I'm like, no, 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 no. Here, you take the bottle that I made. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Uh, yeah, no, not that bottle, the one that I mix. Yeah, great reference there to, to the great Panama. But yeah, you know, shout out to our friends there, and I'm fired up. Uh, I think when I show up there September 15th in Las Vegas for Canelo Triple G2, we're not just going to be checking out Canelo's body on the stage to see whether he's been eating some meat. We're going to see what big BC's bringing to the game, if you know what I mean. I'm going to ask Gennady to look at your body. Gennady going to look at that body, and he's going to tell me where the injection marks are oh, on Brian Campbell. I actually think he'll have a different answer. I eat steak every day. <laughs> Seriously, I <laughs> like meat. Person. I'm not big, you know, just... I'm he just... likes meat. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know how we ended up here. But, Rafe, of all the fights we have to recap from the last two weeks, Tyson Fury, Asik Dogbe, Lot going on. I didn't think I was going to open the show with this fight. The only, <laughs> the biggest boxing pay-per-view of 2018. Logan Paul and KSI, the YouTube stalwarts, the heroes of a new generation. Not my generation, maybe Ryan Garcia's generation. I'll ask him about that coming up. Logan Paul and KSI fight to a six-round majority draw. Rafe, I'm so old, I didn't have a clue this was going on. Until it was happening. 
I even in in this, and I'm so old that I look back and realize people sent me videos of like the weigh in, and I looked at it and was like, oh, I don't know who that guy is. I'm just, I had no idea this was going on. But facts are facts, Rafe. This fifteen thousand tickets sold in the Manchester Arena in England. Eight hundred thousand pay per view buys at ten dollars a pop for two YouTube celebrities. Rafe, we can't even get Gennady Golovkin, David Lemieux sold like. A hundred thousand. Like, are you like, what is going on here? Well, the price point was right. I, I think that Lemieux Golovkin could have done 800 K at $10 per. So I, you know, I don't want to look, I don't, I'm not going to come out here and wash these bums balls to tell you the truth. Wow. I don't really care. This is not boxing. It was, a, it's it like even dumber than pick the dumbest boxing show you could think of. This was dumber than that. I don't like you saw these guys. They were doing weird Instagram floss dances during the fight. Uh, they, the only thing I liked about it, they had Shannon Briggs come out and hype things up during some of the pre-fight events. You know, I, any, any, anybody putting the cannon to work gets a little <laughs> nod of approval from me, but you know what? I, this is good for them. I'm glad they can con enough people into, you know, supporting their worthless careers. What do you want me to say? Wow. Look at this old guy response out of you. I'm the guy who's 40. By the way, did you hear? I guess Jeff Floyd Sr. or Jeff May, one of the Mayweathers was training KSI, who I looked it up, 25-year-old British gamer, YouTube star. By the way, has 19.4 million subscribers on YouTube. Like, wow. Wow, Ray. This guy, Logan Paul, only has 18.2. So these guys, so anyway, did you see the videos that the Mayweather brothers put out on YouTube where they asked people their predictions? Nope. They got to Abel, and he basically had, Abel Sanchez, <laughs> Jeff Mayweather interview, he basically had the same response any of us would have had. Logan Paul, KSI. Who the hell is that? <laughs> well said. No, those are YouTubers. Oh, I don't know who those guys are. I'm not on YouTube. I'm not on YouTube. I'm not, I, I don't. I don't want. I don't. I don't follow any of that. No, no. We need to pick the winner. Look at the winner. Well, he got it right. He picked the winner. He, he, oh, because it was a draw, right? No, oh, actually, right. He got it wrong. I just got it wrong. His prediction was the winner's going to win. Nobody won. You're damn right. I just blew it in the moment. So here's what I'll say about this, Rafe. So this was like, what do you want to call it? Boxing, pornography, circus, television. It is what it is. I kinda, I watched it. I didn't watch it deep enough to tell you whether it should have been a draw. KSI got one of the three scorecards. The other two were a draw. But for celebrity boxing... These guys were in great shape. They did a six-round fight with headgear. And I've seen a lot of sloppy, tough man fights, celebrity boxing, that, what's that uh, uh, barstool thing they got going on in West Virginia? I've seen that. This was actually pretty, like, responsible, decent technique in action. Did you see this? I, I didn't see it at all, no. Um, it doesn't surprise me there. You know, one, because part of being like a like a male Instagram thought model like these men are is just being in great shape all the time and probably taking a lot of PEDs, which, you know, is fine. As long as you aren't real athletes, which they aren't, uh, they can do that. Nobody cares. Uh, so yeah, they're in good shape. Good for them. Uh, they trained and Logan Paul, I'm pretty sure had a, a, a collegiate at, or maybe like a high level wrestling, yes. uh, background. So he, he, you know, he was a, a, a high level amateur athlete, uh, at least, you know, high, not super high level, but whatever, like, a good athlete and you could send their athletic guys. So whatever, but still who, who cares what it, who these people are garbage. And, and also 15 K Brian, 15 K at not even coming close to 80, not even coming close to the golden number. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, it's... Not quite 8,000, though, was it, tonight? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a great point. Shout out to Alex Godinez, these nuts. Um, yeah, I don't want to spend any more time on this, but I just want to wrap up. I knew who Logan Paul was because of the controversy over the suicide, the suicide video. Right, because he's an awful human being. Yeah, which is essentially what started this feud. I didn't know who KSI was. Apparently, he's already had one of these celebrity fights. But this is success. Like, I know it's only $10 a pop, but they got 800 k to buy this. So, and it's weird. It came on the exact one-year anniversary weekend of <laughs> Maymac, Mayweather McGregor. And that's sort of why I bring it up to open the show, Rafe, because I was shocked Shocked is the word I'm going to use. And how many remembrance pieces were written in combat sports journalism in the past week about the one-year anniversary of Maymac? And I I didn't read them all, but I looked in to see who was writing them, what the tone was, what the headlines were. Boxing, predictably, understandably so, can't give a crap about this. Like, maybe you got a tweet from a couple of legitimate boxing members who were like, oh, yeah, last year, one year from now. Hey, at least that was a fun ride. But to boxing fans and media like us, we're like, I don't want to talk about that anymore. Like, it is, it was what it was. Okay, it was entertain. It was more entertaining than we thought it was going to be. But that's it. The MMA media, though, and you know me, I double in both. But I'm a boxing guy at heart. I've been shocked at how much the MMA media looks at this as not only a landmark moment worth writing thought pieces about it one year later, but like a victory for their sport. That Connor, what got into a fight like that because of his fame, and then. Didn't get knocked out in the first round. Did you see any? Did you catch any of this on your timeline? I was a little shocked at how much people were like memorializing it. Like our brothers at Showtime, they played it up big because they put on the card. It was a business success. What about the MMA media? Like almost like this was our moment. I didn't. I, I noticed some of the pieces I saw on ESPN. Our guy Brett Okamoto had written a, a year year after look back. Uh, I saw that on the boxing page, but I'm sure they shared it on both. Uh, I would say. You know, you want me to pull the curtain back on this a little bit? Yeah, show you me, can, show me the flesh. Let's, what do you got? let's do it. Let's, let's put on our editor hats. Let's, we've been, we've been part of this game long enough to know how it works, what really matters. And what really matters is not what if, if what is written is good or newsworthy or important or worth anyone's time because all they really want to get out of you, dear listener, is a click. And you know what <laughs> a lot of people do? Click on in this world things headlines involving the words Mayweather and or McGregor. So when you get another opportunity to put both of those names in a headline, you take that, my friend. You take those empty clicks because that that is an important part of our media ecosystem. I'm talking a little bit of trash about that kind of stuff, but the, the honest truth is the work that we all love and the bet the, the great work that that Brett does and that all these other you know good working journalists do. That is underwritten by all the crap out there that people click on. So we need we need it. It's all an ecosystem. All right, all right. I, I just found it weird that like it's like this folk hero moment for MMA and boxing. People were like, "Get that crap away from me." To close on this though, Rafe, I have a legitimate question to you. We can crap on Maymac, but it did absurd business. Is in light of what Logan Paul's doing and sort of reinventing the celebrity boxing circus carnival wheel to much greater success than Vanilla Ice against Todd Bridges on Fox 10 years ago when we were all on a couch, you know, talking to Samson, <laughs> laughing about it. Is there another fight out there involving anyone in pop culture celebrity sports in a boxing ring that can even approach what Maymac could do. What's the next Maymac is really what I'm asking. Is there anything or is it just that was a perfect storm that flew right in across us? We watched it. 
It was what it was. Let's move on. Is there anything else? I mean, I, whatever. Pick your point. I don't care who you come up with. Is there any two famous people that could possibly get into a ring and push like three, four million buys? So we're talking about uh, three or four million pay-per-view and it, it doesn't have to be as legit of a sporting event as Maymac. Because Maymac, I mean, you got to you give them credit at least for being elite fighters in their disciplines. And it wasn't the it. I mean, it was crazy, but compared to just pure on uh, celebrity boxing, it's not it's not Mitt Romney and Evander Holyfield yet. Uh, so what would people? No, I don't think there is a fake something that doesn't have at least a patina of of competitiveness of, of these are actual fighters, actual athletes, actual violence. I don't think you could sell that. You could get up to that level of pay-per-views unless you're talking about just something like another Instagram celebrity type thing where they keep the price point real low and just have a ton of celebrity interest. So All if right, you're selling it for a dollar, if the, if, if the, if it costs a dollar, then maybe you could get up to that level. But I don't know. Is that, is that you can't really put that on the same level of success as a Maymac when we sold 4 million of That's these a at a hundred, like a hundred bucks. Cause you're right. Maymac did come pretty close to actually being a sporting event, not just yeah. circus carnival. All right. But let's say LeBron and the rock, LeBron James and Dwayne Johnson get into a Twitter war and and it ends with hey, let's do a pay per view bout for charity, seriously. And and they they milk it with enough trash talk where you're like these guys want to fight each other, in a boxing ring, with headgear. That's fine. How many people are paying seventy dollars for that? A lot. All right, I I I take it back. You're right. You could get I, that might that, that might go five million. I feel like <laughs> the celebrity yeah the celebrity juice behind that. Could go very, very high. If they, if they wanted to just do an absurd pay-per-view number, they could even lower the price. They could make it a $20 event and maybe try and get like 10 million. I, I would not, something that outlandish with that kind of, so that much juice, that much buzz, it could be, it, it could actually happen. I don't want to see it though, Brian. Why, yeah, why yeah, are you yeah, putting yeah. us through this? By the way, why? you said you brought, you showed, you pulled the curtain to show what clickbait is and how Modern sports sites are just chasing not, it. Not like, like our, like our listeners are not familiar with the, with the concept. Of, <laughs> let me tell you something about this. Let me instruct you what the kids are missing. Um, I hope the clickbait doesn't actually extend. Like I opened the show as a joke with this Logan Paul thing, but I hope it doesn't actually extend to this area because our guy, your guy, somebody's guy, uh, Radio Rahim was on the scene in England covering this fight. I happened to watch a post-fight interview with him and Logan Paul in the locker room in which Logan Paul says, I'm ready for the rematch against KSI. Give me five months. I'll be a boxer by then. That did, when I last checked it, five million YouTube hits. And those type of numbers can't be wrong, Rafe. One day on the ESPN boxing page, we may see Dan Rayfield breaking down a Logan Paul fight. Your thoughts? I think you're right. Uh, if the audience is there, the media has to follow. It's the same reason. I mean, it's the same reason every website is also a Game of Thrones website because people want to read more and more crap about Game of Thrones. So everybody, you know, it doesn't really matter. Home and Garden is a Game of Thrones uh, site. Like if people are going to read it, we're going to put it up right, there because we at, need those eyeballs. Forbes is a big time cover of WWE now, but look at Raheem going to London to, to show his S. Rip that suit off. <laughs> show everyone your S. <laughs> Hey, you know, I mean, you, you, I mean, you do understand why they call him that, right? Why do they call you Radio Ryan? Cause suckers never play me. Hey, Rafe, real fights this weekend. Our guy, your guy, 
top-ranks guy, the boxing fans of the world's guy, Isaac, the Royal Storm, Dog Bay. Holy crap, the co-main event Saturday night from uh, Gila, Arizona, outside Gila, outside. I'm not the best pronunciator. We've established this on the show. Rafe, what is it? Gila? Giro? I, I, usually, so out here, I, I don't know for sure. I've never been, but I would probably say Gila just because a lot of the the basically the Spanish names of places out here on the West Coast just get totally bastard. I mean, Los Angeles is not how the, that would be pronounced in All Spanish. Right. All the, the neighborhoods out here, like Los Feliz, even though it looks like Los Feliz, like you know. I so basically pick the most Anglo version of the pronunciation, and that's probably how they're calling John it Pascal. in Arizona. John Pascal, yeah. right? Like just <laughs> oh man, I love I love me some John Pascal. From the fifth round to the twelfth round, I was in your ass, and you was ready. To quit and he was blowing and puffing and went to the corner like a rag doll, done, defeated, and knew that you lost that fight. Yeah. That's how gangster I am. Wow, that is how gangster Bernard is. So, Rafe, get off that soda because Bernard's coming for you. All right, can we finally talk about the Royal Storm here? Wow! What a night! Look at him up there. And what a night for Isaac Bumpy, the Royal Storm. Rafe, you were on. Yeah, yeah, stop talking about Rosa. Rafe, you were on the ground floor of a few things on this podcast, one being cruiserweights, but two being Isaac Dog Bay, TKO1, Hidenori Otaki to defend his 122-pound title. Your reaction? Hey, can't complain. I, the, that left hook that started it off was a thing of just fierce beauty. And the slow-mo replay where you, you rarely get to see a fighter – actually like see or you know make the face as if he sees this punch and now i'm going to do it and now i'm doing it and now it's clipping him perfectly on the button and down he goes the 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 way that dogbe's eyes focused and scrunched in as he's throwing that hook was r- really just such a crazy cool shot uh and and he finished it off great i you know i got to i got to call out our man at top rank the corner man evan corn yes. he, i mean he hooks us up all the time he hooked us up with dogbe i i i wrote a little flippant line in the in my newsletter about this fight saying look i don't i never seen otaki fight but if he's in there to 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 face dog bay top rank probably knows that dog bay is going to wash him and cornerman wrote back to me he's like no 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 he's he's a tough customer yo maybe he was a tough customer but eh, eh, eh." no 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 this is danny's moment evan evan this is danny's moment uh Wow. So I, first of all, shout out to Otaki for coming in with like the bleached hair and the, the puffy trunks, like a point. He's kind of like if like Zoshiming and Adrian Broner got together in a room, you know what I mean? And they did like, I don't know, like maybe all the bad things in that room. They got everybody that's wrong with boxing together in one room, did everything that's wrong with boxing in that room and gave birth to Adrian Broner. But that, that guy, right yeah, right, enough, he's got a- Okay, enough. Uh, shut up, Paul. And then shut up. All right. Uh, so Rafe. Otaki came like dressed for like a club, like a rave, and then he got sent to hell. But Dog Bay was so exciting that even Lee Wiley on Twitter, the great British classical music Hans Zimmer mixed with technique breakdown artist, was showing you how amazing Dog Bay changes levels and bends at the waist to come in with that left hook. He knocked Otaki around the ring, three knockdowns. This was the perfect performance to come off of a legit title win off of Magdaleno for top rank ESPN. Mark Kriegel, who's probably got, uh, you know, Dog Bay's dad, Paul, on line one now for some big feature. For them to be like, see, told you so. Hey, Richie Swiss, 
You might not be wrong. Let me say for something. Let me face for something, Rafe. I mean, you don't want to do that. You don't want to be like, he is the next Manny Pacquiao. But if he's going to be the next Manny Pacquiao, this was step two in the public performance. Yeah, absolutely. And it, look, that, that the performance against Magdaleno was huge earlier this year just because, you know, he got knocked down. He dealt with a guy who's really just a slicker boxer than him and overwhelmed him and 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 so like he showed us sort of his medal and and just what he can accomplish at this level and then and then to come out and just blow out you know a mandatory a guy who had to do something to get there who i you know we could look in greater depth at otake's box rec to see how many times he's been stopped and whatnot he probably never got stopped like that so this is that's and and just as a tv moment especially i coming before the main event coming before the Pedraza Beltran where everyone kind of knew uh, it was going to be a decent, it actually turned out to be a good fight, but not something that really lights our collective loins on fire as boxing fans. Uh, This, this, this was just setting it on fire. This was torching the whole thing. I had to, I had to change pants. (laughs) (laughs) You got me, you got me there. You you popped me on that one. I mean, dude, that's just, it was spectacular. And the, the, the guy can talk. I mean, you sent me this awesome sound that he gave before the fight. We already knew he can talk. Ah! Royal Storm, <laughs> I am coming for you, baby. Well, Aram, hello, Grandpa. How are you doing? <laughs> Your son, the Royal Storm. I'm coming to pull up the show for you <laughs> and the global fans. Take care. Uh, hello, Grandpa. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Grandpa. <laughs> and by the way, we got a hold of Bob just to get a, a quick thoughts on, on that performance. The guy has balls. He fights like a tough, tough gang member. I mean, Bob's – he's on. He's on it right there, Rafe. So we're after the Magdaleno win, when he got up from the knockdown, when he battled back. He showed you he's raw. He's aggressive. He's only 22. He comes to fight. He's not afraid to get knocked out. Like, he's he's – a stereotypical, prototypical, tough-ass foreign fighter who's like, I'm not going back to where I came from. And I'm not suggesting that he necessarily comes from third-world poverty like a lot of these guys, but I'm saying he's got the mindset. But this was like almost a technically brilliant demolition. Like, this was just like, I believe in this guy now against the other 122 champions in the world. And just like everybody else, I want to see who he is, what he has. And he called out all those guys. Holy crap, I'm on board, Rafe. Holy crap. And he's got so much universal acclaim now. Like, people that I didn't think would be even even on his radar. Casual boxing fans I know on Twitter were tweeting about him. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, I mean, that's the ESPN effect. They, they got something here. He also, he has the look of a, the casual, you know, you're a wrestling guy. You understand this. He has, he's obviously not tall enough to be a WWE superstar, but he's got the musculature. He's got the veins. He's vascular in a way that Vince McMahon pops over. And, and that works on the casual fan. That sort of, you see a guy just ripped like that got, and, and ripped in the, the Tim Bradley way. He's got like a six pack times three. Except he's got the power that it that actually you expect someone who's built like that to have knocking people out and he sells it yeah and, and actually if we have any Ghanaian listeners or 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 people you know familiar with the region uh, I I was trying trying to figure out I did a quick Google didn't didn't come up with it the 
thing that that dog screams so much during weigh-ins and before fights after fights it's it's not just a it's it it means something it's, he's he's going Niha! like any he, and he spells it on twitter n-e-h-o i don't know what that means i'd like to know if anyone knows let us know. Otherwise, I'm going to keep looking into it and get back to everyone. But, yeah, it, it was another great night. Or, uh, what a night for Ghana. Oh, that was a different scream. Sorry, Kazakhstan forever. Uh, yeah, great night for Ghana Boxing. Great night. We'll be talking about him a lot more in the future. Who we want to see him fight at 122. But, again, showing 126. You. I, I, yo, I, he, he wants he, to win six to seven up. belts. I, he said it. All of those fights. Oh, my. You imagine him him against the Jackal, Carl Frampton. Well, what, you thing. know what? Bring back El Chacal. Let's see if he can see. Let's see what what happens with a young, hungry lion, so to speak, like like hey, like our guy Isaac Dogbe versus El Chacal. What has Don't Guillermo Rigondeau have left? What? Spoiler alert. We're going to get into that later. Don't tease the bag unintentionally too much. We're going to get into that later in the DM segment. But let me close by saying when you make these mythical matchups, him against Rigo, him against Frampton, him against Lomachenko, in your head, you're like, he's going to come to fight. I need to see this fight. We don't have enough of those guys. We don't have enough of those could-be-next guys, unquote, who are the kind that want to be up in that A the whole time. You know, I thought Triple G was getting in that A. Like, I need more people that want to be up in that A, Rafe. I need more of those people. Do you need more of those people in your life? I I don't know. I It's hard to say. I don't know how much I want people getting up in my A, to tell you the truth, Brian. <laughs> wow. But I don't mind watching it in a boxing ring. If you're you know you're going to get it. You asked for it, you're going to get it. You're facing the real one. This is the what real I want. This is what you're going to get. This is what I'm getting. You're going to get this. That's what I want, the real deal. The raw dog. Yeah, yeah, this is yeah. the real one. Yeah, this is the real one. I don't even remember. I was like, I didn't actually want that one. But... All right. Hey, Rafe, the main event, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Jose <laughs> Pedraza, the sniper, the former title holder at 130, comes in as the last-minute opponent, takes a lightweight belt from Raimundo Beltran, Manny's former sparring partner, 37, great Cinderella run late in his career. Pedraza, man, fought kind of like a badass. Like, was the slicker fighter, but also went in the trenches to win that in the rounds he had to. And now we're talking about a unification fight with Vasily, and I don't hate this, Rave. I don't hate this, because if you're telling me Lomachenko's next opponent will be... I have a fight uh, with... Uh... A Thailand guy. I don't want to see him against a Thailand guy. I want to see him against the sniper because I used to love Pedraza when he was a Debella guy. And you know he's hot and cold. Sometimes he's really hot. This was a night when he was hot, Rafe. And now I'm hot for it, brother. Absolutely. Look, Brian, it, for sure. And, you know, when we're talking about uh, weight category 135, uh, which is the important weight category, uh, that one – I, I like this fight better, Lomachenko Pedraza, than Lomachenko Beltran as a as a potential unification. It's just it, Pedraza's younger, fresher, faster. He offers more. Beltran is a classic, you know, uh, Roman Martinez. He's gonna get, you know, gonna get washed against Lomachenko fight. One thirty five weight category. <laughs> Pedraza only twenty nine. Rafe, um, I'm trying to get onto Boxrec in in live motion, dude. Is it impossible to get on Boxrec? without signing in and then it tells you you're not signed in. Anybody else have box rec problems or is it just me? I think it might be just you. You get more, you get, you get more features unlocked if you are, uh, if you sign in, but you could just see the records. I don't want to sign in. Just give me what I'm looking for. Anyway, I say he's been a little bit hot or cold. Did you see him when he blew away, uh, 
Oh, wow. I'm really prepared here. Anyway, I once saw him blow a guy away, Rafe, okay? And it was great. I thought he was the next big thing. Anyway, we saw him get stopped by Gervonta Davis to lose that title. He's back. He can be a little bit, like I mentioned, hot or cold, little Rancis Bartholomew, if you will, where he looks like a world beater one day, and then he's letting Arash Usmani guide him into the deep end of the pool the next day. But do I think he's going to beat Vasily? No. But like I said, is a title defense for unification I can get behind. Much more than some Thai guy, much more than Ray Beltran. I think Sniper can do a few things. He'll be a poor man's Linares, potentially, in that fight. Yeah, poor, very poor. I don't, he, he's not nearly as dynamic as Linares, but he may be a little, he may be a little tougher. He may, and, and, I, and maybe in a reckless way. We've seen, and Tim Bradley pointed this out on the broadcast, which I thought was a good point, that, that Pedraza got way, went way overboard in the fight against Gervonta Davis with his bravado. There were parts where he was basically just telling Davis to, to tee off on him. He's like, I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, and then eventually got knocked out. Uh, and, and in the mid, those middle rounds against Beltran where he just said, all right, now I'm going to, now I'm going to walk you down and put my head on your chest and we're going to just go at each other in the trenches. He, he fought well. That's the thing. He's, He's good enough to pull it off to some degree, but it also, he, he does it even when it's not to his advantage in the fight. It's not the best way for him to win a, a given fight. So, to, but it will be interesting. He is a guy who's not afraid. He already, he said, I mean, I think he's probably out of his goddamn mind, but after the fight, he immediately says, I have the perfect style to defeat Vasily Lomachenko. Okay, <laughs> go for it, man. You, you know, you see what I, I, I don't see, I, yeah, I don't see Jimmy like that, but okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, we did get, unfortunately, I hate playing this, but we did ask Joe Horn her thoughts. <laughs> yeah, right, Jeffrey. Like, I don't think so, but. But yeah, come on. It's better than what we could get. I want to see it. I'm down for fight, it. And it, he's going to come in and, and really uh, uh, treat it like he is, there to beat Lomachenko, which a lot of guys at this point don't do. And he, and, and Lomachenko's coming off the shoulder injury. You know, I've seen, yes, we've seen it online. He has been swimming, so he is following the Manny Pacquiao rehab yes. plan. Hopefully he's praying as well, because that is important. You cannot heal without prayer, but. Hopefully he's uh, putting his hand right in the middle of. Oh, yes, the gloves. Oh, that's my glove. Oh, the glove of Clitorius. Yes. yes Clitorius. Um, uh, yeah. All right. Hey, uh, Rafe, the thing that we like about Pedraza is going to come walk through the ropes, but he's going to stay there in those ropes until the fight ends. And this past weekend, we had a guy who could not do that, Rafe. How about that for a transit? Were you, were you done talking Loma there? I, I, I just forced Yeah, I'm that. done enough. That's I, a forced I, think, transition. I think we've done enough damage. Heavyweight. Curtis Harper, you may remember him from an early PBC war against Fat Ariola. You remember that? Remember oh, that was awesome. That, that was guy? Great fight. That was the same guy? That guy walked out of the ring in Minnesota in Friday. Was that a Friday night uh, PBC yes. odd card in Minnesota? Had some FS1. weird fights. Shout out to Caleb Truex, our guy on the undercard who came back. All of our win. guys got win. Uh, Willie Monroe Jr. Just, you know, brought out the whole garbage plate. Shout out to Rochester. Yes, that's uh, what I'm talking about. Our guy Ray, uh, our guy Ray Flo was, uh, Ray, Brett, Flores Ray Flores was you, on the call. Staple of the, of the call, of, of doing the double duty on both the call and the ring announcing. Is the I watched only this switch on, hitter like that? Exactly. I watched this on the Brown Sugar app. But Curtis Harper walked in against Effie Ajagaba. Maybe I'm close. Maybe I'm way off. Anyway, he turned around and walked out. And it was epic. And he had to walk down this long ramp to get out. And the camera's panning him. Ray Flo's going nuts. I should have put. I should have grabbed that sound. Ray Flores went off. And he claims afterwards that he was 
it's all about the money. He was promised crap money, and this was his way to stand up for it. I mean, you're never going to work again with a performance like this, but Rafe, this is as bizarre as this great, bizarre sport gives us, right? Like, if Showtime had been on the call and your guy BC was quicker to the button to find the sound drops, you would have probably heard, uh, no, you wouldn't have heard it because I don't have it. Rafe, what did you think about this? Yeah, look, it was, it's one of those things we're never going to forget. It's already, it's already gotten up to like Nassim status in, in terms of boxing Twitter memes, like that just gets repurposed for everything. I've seen our guys out there using it for every kind of circumstance, everything that, anything you want to show someone just saying, uh, uh, I'm out. You know, they just, whoops. Uh, Yeah, that was overused so quickly. It was like, it wasn't (laughs) like I'd seen it four times. I saw it like, 37 times within like the first 24 hours and i'm not totally tired of it and and i and honestly it's yeah it's not gonna be good for his uh his journeyman career but who cares he's probably right he whatever whatever money he probably didn't get paid for not fighting on friday night curtis harper added to his legacy in a way that uh no performance in the ring probably was going to Uh, so we're going to remember that. We're going to be talking about, remember that time that guy walked out of the ring? I mean, it's epic now. It's, it's, it's not the best thing to be known for. It's not the worst either. Uh, and it was, you know, I, I even watched when they're going, when they're before the fight, when they're talking, when, when the Ray flow was announcing the fighters, Harper was making faces into the camera, kind of, kind of goofing off a little bit. It's like, all right, what's going on with this guy? And then, okay, that's what's going on. He's done. Hey, it was funny. I, I and I'm not mad. And I think you know, there's a, we, especially in the media, we have this. We sometimes take it upon ourselves to like protect the dignity and honor of the sport. Of course, Jim Gray kind of has us all beat in that category. No one cares more about the honor than Jim Gray. Uh, but Harper, you know, the, I, I don't really understand or uh, agree with the the lot the the folks out there, our colleagues who are like, oh, you know, you do this. Your reputation is done for it. Like, don't take it that seriously, guys. It was funny. It's this guy's over. thirteen and six. Like, this guy's not really going to the top of the sport. All right? You know, like, it's like on. we don't need to tisk tisk this guy to death. Who cares, you really? It, like, it was so funny because of how grand a statement it was. We'd never seen that for the most part. But you just hope it wasn't like an Oliver McCall thing in the end. You know what I mean? You hope it wasn't like an actual like mental meltdown. You know. But I mean, if Showtime had been on the call, they would have hit you with the Uncle Darrell. <laughs> By the way, Curtis Harper, I knew about the Areola fight. The fight after he lost that decision to Areola in that war that he probably deserved to win, he got stopped by Zhang Zhilei, my fa- my second favorite Chinese heavyweight. Wow. Well, your first favorite Chinese heavyweight, Taishan Dong, is now involved in your favorite sport, the WWE. Oh, wow. wow. Not my favorite, but you got me. Hey, did you oh, see? Oh, yeah. I hey, got you, Mona. You oh, wait, wait. Richie Swift's comments to the LA Times. Yeah, I couldn't I find the sound on up. this. Read them off to me because they're pretty good, I thought. There's absolutely zero doubt that he saw Effie and probably ish his pants. Is he going to tell the reporter he was scared? No. He knew how much he was going to get paid. He had signed the contract. We had a fight, but then the guy leaves. This was like fear factor. End quote. I wish I had Raskin here to do the impersonation of Yeah, I actually liked his quote later in the story where he was saying that, you know, Ajagba was upset, but it's Schaefer's like, I told him that maybe this is the best thing that can happen to you. This is legendary. People are scared of him. No one wants to fight him. This is how you break through. F.A. Ajagba has arrived, and the heavyweight division has a new star. Who would want to? Who would not want to watch him fight now? 
Wow, that was great. That was a mixture of all of our favorite European boxing aficionados right there. Uh, yeah. So that's all I got on that, Rafe. Do you want to get into, uh, Tyson Fury's back and we got a big fight to talk about? I mean, are you Hell fired? Yeah. I don't know. Do we, Brian? Do we? Oh, wow. Hey, a lot, a lot of Tyson Fury came back for a second comeback fight, took a decision from Francesco Pianetta, and after the fight, Wilder came in, nose to nose, sound bites, trash talk. It was jovial and huggy at first. But then Fury turned into Wilder's face and was like, I'm going to knock you out stone cold or whatever the heck he said. And then we had a fight. What we don't have right now, more than a week later, by the way, or two weeks later is a date or a site. But we think it's November 17th. We think it's Las Vegas. Everybody from Showtime is like, yeah, this is 99.9.99 tenths percent real. Everybody's talking it like it's real. Before we get into that, interesting debate here about the performance Fury put on Pinata. I was of the camp who said he showed me everything he needed to show me for me to not be scared. Like he's not back to 25, 20, I'm sorry, 2015 prime fury, but I think he showed me enough Rafe where I believe with getting in more shape that we're going to see a good fight against Wilder. Yes, there's, he can get knocked out at any point, any Wilder opponent can, but he showed me enough. And afterwards, his dad, Big John Fury, basically said we were at 40%. We didn't want to show too much. I personally think they didn't want to show too much. Most of Twitter didn't. What was your take? I thought he looked good. Um, I wasn't in love with the performance. He still is not as quick. He, the, the Losing the weight has changed. To, even though he's always only, he weighed in only 11 pounds heavier than he did against Klitschko in 2015, his body is different. He, he, he carries his weight differently. He's, he still has some of the awkwardness. He still has the awkwardness, the head movement, some, some chops, some defensive chops, but he's not as quick. He's not as slick. He may not have everything that he needs to really be successful doing that kind of stuff against Wilder. And, and we won't know until these guys are in the ring together if they actually do get in the ring together. And that, that's not just because of this performance with Tyson Fury, but if it's, 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 it's we've said this before. It's his entire career. He's up and down. He rises to the level of his good opponents yeah. and he sinks to the level of his bad opponents. So he could come out and be the Fury of old against Deontay Wilder. He could come out and get S housed by big D, you know, by, by a right hand in the first round. We don't know. Well, you, I got a lot of audio to play here on this Fury stuff, and it's not even uh, shout out to the Irish crew. You sent me an awesome reaction from Shannon Briggs to Fury on this performance and what he should consider doing next. Scientifically speaking, as a fighter myself and, and been, been in this game for 32 years, he can't take it. You can look at his punching power. He can't take it. He's not going to be able to take the punishment that Wilder going to dish out on him. Wilder been busy. He's been active. He's strong. Look at him. He's strong. He's going to dig into you. He's going to dig into your flesh. He, he, he's, he's skinny, but he's cracking. You feel me? He got that skinny power. He got that Mark Breland skinny, you know, them African skinny power? That's going to crack you. So you need tune-ups. Don't fight me. I'm not a tune-up. But you need them pies that you had the other night. You need like five or ten more of those pies. <laughs> That's going to help you get your confidence up and get your weight down. You're only 30 years old. You don't need to rush right now. If you drive into there in the wild that he crack you open, you might not you might be like, yo, I can't do this no more. You got a great career. I'm talking to this man like I'm talking to this man. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> champ. You're probably watching. So yeah. You can talk to him like that. Yeah, so champ, listen to me. You need to just chill. But if you want to get this, you know, good payday, jump in there, champ. Give it your best. Go at him. 
You know what I'm saying? Make it a slug. Nah, you better box. You better box. Don't yeah, make you it better a slug box. Fest. You better box. Use your jab. I'll box him. You know what I'm saying? Fight him like you fought Klitschko. You feel me? Stay on the outside. Make those guys come after you and make them commit. And then you're going to win. If you beat them on points, it may suck. But at the same time, you did it again, champ. But if you don't, if he crack you, you're still young, but it might hurt. And you might be like, yo, champ, I don't know if I want to do this no more. But I'm just speaking as a big uncle. Let's go, champ. So Uncle Shannon, by the way, like covered the full spectrum there. Not only give us the gold of like, I'm talking to this man like I'm talking to this man, but like he laid out why it is actually in theory too soon for him to be facing Wilder. And you're right. He needs five more pies in, in theory before that. And he also sort of nailed the whole idea behind like, if you got to take it now for the money in reality, this is while this is the perfect time to strike while the iron's hot because Joshua's got other business and you want to get ahead of Joshua on this. Then here's how you got to do it. You got to stink out the fight. And I think he's right. You're going to have to stink out the fight. Fury, whether he's 2015 Fury or Fat Fury, could get knocked out at any point by Wilder. But to reiterate my point, I saw enough from Pianetta, and I know you have some concerns if the speed is the same. I saw enough in terms of the things that he does that no other heavyweight does. 6'9", uh, faster hands than he should have, long arms, shiftiness, switch stances, that he's going to be able to do what he has to do against Wilder to have a chance at being the kryptonite. I don't know if he can disarm him in the end in shape or not, but I think he's close enough to where he needs to be. So I think Uncle Shannon there kind of nailed it, and I think this fight, if you're asking me, did it get me more excited at the Fury Wilder potential? Yes, it did, Rafe. It did. I'm fired up. Yeah, no, I think Fury did what he had to do in that fight, which was look good, look at least convincing while beating Francesco Payanetta. Uh, now, does he need more pies? Uncle Shannon, the scientist says, speaking scientifically, says he does, but we, he maybe, maybe not. Um, I think the fight is really, you know, if it comes, when it happens, it may come down to whether all of Fury's sort of waving back and forth, his feints, his, his, his snake charmer act, works against Wilder and we don't and and no no heavyweight has ever fought in in uh, no living or not living but no active heavyweight has ever fought another heavyweight who fights like Tyson Fury who does all that stuff he's not trying to knock you out really he's just trying to defuse you so he can nick a decision very well said there Rafe but there was some concern in the immediate aftermath that maybe Tyson Fury was going to take some time off. Maybe Tyson Fury doesn't want this fight at all. But you send me a nice little sound there, where Tyson basically put out the put out the fire of those rumors. Just a quick update. I've been reading and uh, I've heard some rumors that this fight's off for me and Wilder. Not on my watch, it ain't. I'm not pulling out nothing. It's on like Donkey Kong. Tyson Fury is like Akeem coming to America. Uh, wow. He's uh, it's uh. Brian. Yeah, they yeah they if if they have not made it abundantly clear to you by now, Brian, the Fury Boys they don't jack, they aren't jackers, and they don't pull out of nothing. Well, so you can take that to the bank. Well, speaking Senator of Trent. Big John Fury, I think you saw during the final weigh-in for Fury Pianetta when Deontay Wilder showed up in Belfast and started a public scene, and he got into Big John Fury's face. Let's hear John's reaction. I'm treated and he ain't. 
proven and tested. And let me tell you, outside the ring, he's not fighting inside the ring. Believe me, there's no third man, and I don't think he's got more bottle than me. Because I'm prepared to die for what I believe in. And my life ain't worth 50 pence anyway. But at the end of the day, as long as I'm here for my children, I will never let no man in a pair of leather shoes put my family down. Because I'm too proud of a man. He's my son. I love these guys are out of control, Rafe. These guys are the, they what? accidentally give us so much material. I mean, it's just what ridiculous. kind of shoes, what kind of shoes is he okay with? Like if you, if you come to him wearing, uh, Tom's like canvas shoes, what, what, are, what is the appropriate kind of footwear to step to the Furies in? I love things like my, my life ain't worth six pence, none the richer, uh, you know, uh, uh, no man will I back. The, he, he went on in that interview to be like, I'm 50 something and, I'll get spark knocked out right there because that's what a real man does. I mean, it's just it's just such it's such amazing stuff, Rafe. I mean, the the the, the gypsy motivation that these guys bring out. That do you want to hear one more thing from King John here? I mean, this I is want just, it all. I want it all, Brian. When you get up in the morning and you look in that mirror and you think you know inside yourself you've not got it yet and you're being protected, that'll kill me. You see me hung from a tree because I couldn't live like that. I'd rather get beaten, knocked out, and say, "Yeah, mate, let me shake your hand. You're a better man than me." Because that's how men deal. I mean, that, that's how men do it. That, that's the gypsy way, Rafe. You got to really, you know, clap your hands for these guys. I absolutely look, I'm, I'm there clapping my hands. Brian, that, that, those videos with Fury and Big John, well, Big John Fury and, and Deontay Wilder. Good Lord. He really lives up to the name Big John. He is humongous. He has one of the biggest heads I've ever seen. Do you know how strong you have to be to pull another man's eyeball out, Rafe? <laughs> You know, in a lot of those in those interviews you were playing clips from, he mentions looking into the eyes of thousands of men a few times. And I kept <laughs> thinking, man, if if I had spent time for pulling out a guy's eye, I might not talk about eyeballs so much. I just might talk about so look look him in the face, look him look him in the teeth, something yeah. else. Well, the good news is it looks like this fight is happening. I couldn't be more fired up. We know Deontay wants in. FIFA Fung Fung. I'm the man with the right hand bomb. Tyson Fury. Oh, well, where? Oh, where can he be? For he's the next man that I want to see. Fifi Fum Fum Rafe. Uh, the only other thing to talk about from this was, uh, what happened with Billy Joe Saunders and crew throwing chicken at a restaurant at Wild? Like, that's racist, bro. Like, that, that's assault, brother, right? And then, and then running away, somebody from Wilder's team took a fall. I mean, what's your take on that? Oh, look, this is something that the, uh, the Irish crew, the, the Tyson Fury, Billy Joe Saunders guys, the, 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 the British Irish traveler types, they love to dance right on the line of what is just a little bit inappropriate and just absolutely messed up wrong. <laughs> and you see, like, in some of the post-fight interviews with Radio Rahim, uh, he, he keep, Tyson Fury keeps calling Radio Raheem homeboy and, and, and there's a little edge to his voice. And that, that stuff, honestly, I could do without. I think I, I but they love, and also in those interviews they do with, with Michelle Joy Phelps where they're just really pushing, they're pushing the limit on all the inappropriate sexual innu- innuendo they can get. They're trying to dance, they love to play on that line. They love to kind of insult you know, respectable quote unquote societies, uh, mores and stuff. And I, and I kind of, I, I understand that impulse. I think we all have a little bit of that in them, in us. They, they take it further than I think is necessary, but that's how they roll. And this was, I mean, there was some kind of altercation between Deontay Wilder and Billy Joe Saunders. Some, I think 
the way I heard it under explained, Billy Joe Saunders said that Wilder confronted him saying, why are you talking about me on a video? Because I think Saunders was saying that he called Saunders called Wilder racist for something. No, it's your bull. It's your. Yeah, yeah it's I, it was not con- convoluted. Didn't make any sense. All of a sudden, you know, it's a chicken. It's a, it was a Peruvian peri peri chicken restaurant. So everybody's got roast chicken. So it wasn't a targeted racial chicken fling, flinging. Although, I, again, if they had the same kind of concerns about uh, racial awareness and, and sensitivities that we have here in the United States, they probably would not have gone down that road ever. Uh, but still, a chicken was thrown. All of a sudden, Billy Joe Saunders is running out of there in his crazy, weird white, white and black safari outfit. And guys are chasing him. Somebody falls. Well, I don't know. They hug. They hug the next day. So That's it's the all good. It's they all hugged, good. And then Radio Rahim was talking to Saunders about the incident when Tyson Fury walked by. That was happening. That's all I wanted. He paid for me chicken. That's what happened. Here comes the lineal champ himself. Can we grab a word? Chicken tastes good, Deontay! Listen, Tyson, what are you going to do, Deontay Wilder? Listen, he tried to bully him in the light. Billy Joe, don't take no shit from nobody. He said, oh, did you call me something? He said, yeah, I did, mate. What are you going to do about it? We all saw what happened. Billy Joe Saunders. He ain't heavyweight, but he will fight anybody. And let me tell you, for that, I'm going to punish Deontay Wilder. I'm going to pepper him all night and then land that bang. See you later. Left, right, good night. Wow, wow, Rafe. That's what he's going to land. I mean, it's just like... Land that bang. I mean, you know, we're not really doing that enough these days, if you're really being honest, right? I mean, you just... What we got to do in this spot, Rafe. Feels good, don't it? I mean, we... We we got to bang him a little bit. I mean, we're not banging him. Um, Wow. I could really just... I mean, you could argue we're already there. But I could just throw off a rundown or a plan for this show and just basically recycle... Uh, Radio Rahim seconds out, and our guy from IFL TV there, uh, Coogan Cash, Coogan, Coogs, just recycle all of their Tyson Fury. Stuff. I mean, we're basically there. This is basically the uh, the the Coogan Cash just recycling show, but it's just great. It's I'm, great stuff. I'm here right? for it, man. You I know mean, that I, I I'm not I'm not ashamed of it. This is this, mean, this is, is what this sport, is what the people want. This is a sport we live in. It's it's kind of a hood sport. Boxers look at like is a like a, a hood hood sport. Like only hood people box. Boxing don't get the recognition you need to get. Yeah, I blame the gypsies for that. Rafe, uh, on that main event, though, in Belfast, Carl Frampton had his homecoming at Windsor Park. TKO over Luke Jackson, not the former Oregon Duck. Your thoughts on that performance, on what what's next for him? I'll get to be really honest with you. I didn't watch that fight. After Tyson, I said, I got to get to NXT wrestling. I got to get out of here. I got to do some wrestling stuff here. It's SummerSlam shame, weekend, bro. Shame on you, Brian. That was the better fight. You saw a real top operator, not just Tyson Fury imitating one. Uh, and, and Frampton looked... Hella mad, extra good. I mean, he looked OD good. He looked really good in that fight. He, uh, and Luke Jackson didn't have a lot for him. He was, he, he was who Frampton thought he was. He was a sort of B quality fighter, tough guy, and came in and took his beating. And, and Frampton, you know, the Jackson was a little bit tailor made for Frampton because he's not, not that tall, didn't have the range that, that other guys have bothered him with. And he, he wasn't as quick. He wasn't as slick. He wasn't as sharp. So it was kind of, it reminded me of those Frampton Kiko Martinez fights where he's facing a tough guy who, who's coming in there and, and is really going to put pressure on, but can't do it effectively. All right. All right. Do you have any thoughts as we're winding down our, our last two week recap of Bryant Jennings heavyweight KO of that Dimitrenko dude two weeks ago on that ESPN card from, uh, 
Uh, nobody really remembers where it was. Yeah, from, bye. But, I say bye bye to that. Uh, but hey, it was a good uppercut. The only it was actually a pretty vicious uppercut. But uh, that was really, really. I mean, we used the that was the worst a lot. That was probably the worst stoppage I've ever seen in a fight. Did you see Dimitrenko? Like the ref stopped it before he even hit the canvas. Dimitrenko set up. It's like, what are you doing, dude? You see that stoppage? You care about that? I saw it. I I saw it. I also don't really care about it, but it was bad. I, I'm with you there. What are you gonna do? You know. What what can you do, Brian? I don't know. Alright, alright. Uh, couple latest news bits to get through before we get into the, uh, Ryan Garcia interview, the weekend preview. Rafe Triple G and Canelo had a public workout on Sunday at Bank of California's soccer stadium there in your parts. Were you there? You weren't there, right? I was not there. I'm sorry. What, 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 I don't get paid for this. What, 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 what do you want from me, oh, huh? God, Ew, you, I'm saying, shut, up! Oh, wow. shut up! Shut up! Shut, shut, shut up, you know. Yo, 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 relax, relax, you know what I mean? All right, I had a quote that stood out for me. And by the way, our good guy Fred Sternberg firing out quotes over email, just like, did you see this? Did you see? Yeah, Fred, I saw it, brother, I saw it! My favorite G Triple G quote I want to reference. Can you do the Triple G voice? I mean, you're really good at it to a certain degree of, you know. Look at me. I have three barrels. Can you give me the quote in the Rafe Triple G voice, please? Are you serious? Brian, are you serious? I Triple G actually it drove down from Big Bear to do this for us right now. He's right here. I'm serious, Brian. Yeah. It says, I remember in first fight, I, I don't feel I don't feel it. I remember I feel like a couple shots, a slap, like slap. I didn't, I didn't feel power, like punch power, not my lucky punch or my crazy punch. <laughs> I don't know why. Just maybe he had more uh, adrenaline. When we fought, maybe he lose a lot of power in first couple round. He's not hardest puncher. I, I don't feel his power. I don't feel his, uh, like heavy hand. You know, he's, Fast, he's quick, he's more boxing IQ. He knows. End quote. Very well done. Uh, th- he threw shade at Canelo a couple times. I wanted to highlight that because here's the deal, Triple G. You basically just said he slaps. Doesn't punch hard. So in the end, if we have to put blame on why that fight the first time around allowed this name to become a thing, it's because Triple G didn't step on the gas pedal when he had Canelo cornered and he didn't attempt to walk him down and get out of there. We saw the too comfortable, play it too safe Triple G from the Lemieux fight, from the late end of that Jacobs fight when he was like, I'm just going to ride this jab and hope I win the decision. So now that he's throwing shots, now that he's basically like, nah, he doesn't hit hard, you know, he's, it is inherent for Triple G that he walks in on that rematch, walks Canelo down and is willing to get knocked out in order to knock him out. Because we saw in round 10 of that first fight, the best shots of the fight were landed by Canelo. Those couple, that big right hand would have, that, that's the same right hand that killed Khan, by the way. Like it really is. The one, that's by the way, the nastiest punch I've ever seen live. That right hand. Khan that, died again. Yes. That, just watching that. He, he was not, he had to take six months off from sparring after watching that, that punch land. And Triple G took that as we saw, shook his head and just kept coming forward. So if you're cyborg level chin and you're telling us, Canelo, I don't feel his punch. I don't feel it. It's a couple of slaps, a couple of whatever. Then go in there and knock that sucker out, Rafe, right? For the good of all that is in boxing. Don't leave it in adolescent bird's hands. Go in there and get that crap done. I, I hear you, Brian. I think, look, this is, they're, they're talking up a fight. They're also 
puffing out their chests. Both guys are saying things that aren't really true, right? You get Canelo and his guys on one side saying, oh, Triple G is basic. He's not a real boxer. He doesn't know what boxing is. He's just a brawler. That's We know that Triple G has more craft than that. Uh, and then we have Golovkin saying he didn't feel the punches. They aren't. He's he not a good puncher, blah, blah, blah. Well, if, if, if that were the case, I don't think we would have seen the level of caution or whatever it was that or the respect that Triple G gave Canelo when Canelo was laying up on the ropes. We haven't seen Triple G respect any opponent like that when he has him on the ropes. And Canelo did the one thing most of us thought he couldn't do and survive in this fight, which was lay on the ropes for long periods of time and swivel, dodge, and not get hit. And and that was, for whatever reason, yeah, maybe he was being cautious. Maybe Triple G was showing too much respect. Maybe he knew that there was something coming back at him that was – dangerous enough that he couldn't just go in there like a wild man uh and and he never goes in there like a wild man but this was a the most reserved letting him off the hook couldn't pull the trigger i've ever seen triple g and i left as one of the card carrying triple g lovers you know stands i left feeling really even though feeling that he won the fight i left feeling kind of deflated that man the guy this isn't the guy he's not who i wanted him to be or he wasn't that night I'd love to see him do that in the rematch, but I, look, I, and I'm a, I'm a card carrying, same way I'm a card carrying Canelo, can, like Triple G lover, I'm a, I'm a card carrying Canelo hater, but I give Canelo credit. He didn't, I don't think he won that fight, but he fought well. He showed that he is world class level right near the very top, what everyone thinks, has thought he was all this time, and I was always holding out saying, no, 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 it's just a, it's all hype. It's not all hype. He can really box. Uh, and I, I really want to see this rematch. It's going to be, I, even, even if it's the same, if it plays out the same way with, uh, somebody actually winning deservedly or not, I would be happy with that fight. I just want to see how it works out in the ring. I want to throw one question at you, Brian. Yeah, you the got? thing that blew my mind the past week with the whole Triple G Canelo stuff, this referee business. Yes. What are what in so it worked out? They're getting our guy from Jersey, Benji Estevez, the second best referee like in New Jersey pick. history yeah. after Steve Smoger. Uh, Purple gloves, yes. Very, very good professional referee, Benji Estevez. It worked out in the end. But so Kenny Bayless wasn't available. He got something. Kermit Bayless also wasn't going to come in and do the twin switcheroo. Uh, so they were going to assign Tony Weeks, but Abel Sanchez. Re- has some kind of long-standing beef with Tony Weeks over uh, a Dennis Shafikov fight where <laughs> Weeks ruled a knockdown that was bogus. He thought, blah, 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 blah. So they object to Weeks. Somehow, Golden Boy and K2, the promoters, come together and say, you know what? Okay, no Weeks. Let's do Robert Bird. What? <laughs> Robert Bird is the husband of Adolescent Bird. You can't, that, that was insane. And, and, and somehow... Of all people, Bob Bennett, Bob Bennett of the Nevada State Athletic Commission is the one who comes in to knock some sense into this process and saying, hell no way, hell will freeze over before we put adolescent bird's husband in the ring for this rematch. Like, it was the craziest thing. The problem with that, the the weird problem is that Robert Burr would have been a great choice if he wasn't married to her because – I really love his style. Like, he's already a Hall of Famer. Late career Robert Bird lets them fight, doesn't get in the way, just lets it happen. So you get that, but, but it was sort of tone deaf to not get the, the connection there that was really weird. And man, I just, I don't want to ever mention 
that, as Teddy would say, that women's judge name again? That woman judge who had it even, please, please, that's why I'm on fire. That's why he's on fire. But here's what we get. We get Estevez, like you said, which I, this is a, probably the biggest fight by far of him. I mean, we've known him as an East Coast guy who's done some title fights, HBO level fights. I, I've never seen him in a fight like this, I don't think, unless I'm way off in my head. But the judges we got, a repeat for Dave Moretti, the veteran who had it 115-113 for Golovkin the first time around. And we get Steve Weisfeld, credible name, right? The former HBO guy who replaced, uh, for a brief time, replaced Harold Letterman and just stared into the camera at Chuck Jampa like a few times. <laughs> Tried to take you into the mind of a judge like Jampa. And we have Connecticut-based Glenn Feldman, who actually lives in my town, lives down the street from me, more or less, and I'm good good friends with him. Great guy. Happy for him. He did Mayweather Pacquiao. He's got one of the cleanest names in the business outside of scoring it uh, for Sarisa uh, Ketsor Rungavasai in the first Chuck Lito fight. He got it. He he caught a little heat there, and then Paulie Malinaji's called them out a few times for that Cano fight, remember, on the first night of uh, Barclays Center. But these are strong judges in terms of their reputation. I'm fine with Estevez. Let's just see this fight. In fact, I'm done talking about it. Except for one more thing: the undercard. It's pretty damn good for how damn bad good. for how bad undercards are in pay per view boxing. It's pretty damn good. Of course, people are already overselling it as if it's like a Don King 1990s level pack card. It's not. It's not Danny Garcia, Lucas Matisse. It's not that at all. But Rafe, there's three fights on there I want to see. When was the last time you ever said that about a pay per view undercard? Uh, I can't really remember, but that's exactly what it is. These are these are three fun, and they're gonna be fun fights, really fun fights. Like Lemieux and and Spike 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 O'Sullivan. Good lord, that's gonna be fun. Jamie Munguia will defend his 154 belt against some guy I never heard of, and Chocolatito coming back against Moises Fuentes. This is his first fight since the two losses to SSR, since he was forced to eat rat while looking up at the lights. Damn. Heck yeah, Rafe. Heck yeah. All right, moving on. Last couple bit of notes here, Rafe. Willie Monroe Jr., friend of the podcast, scored that win Friday on PBC over Javier Francisco Maciel, a 10-round decision. Now he wants Jamal Charlo. Good idea, or what the heck are you thinking? And we know what the Charlos are. Yeah, you know them the best. They're the best, Rafe. You, you like this fight for Willie? Look. Yeah, why not? Uh, he's, he, I don't want to see him have to build up to the fight. If he can get it, get it. Why not? It's, it, it'd be a good payday. I don't, I wouldn't think he would win. I think he, I don't, I, I, he's, I think of Willie Monroe as around the same level as Austin Trout at this point in his career. Maybe not quite as experienced, but has been in there with Triple G and, and had, a, perhaps a good performance, although a lot of people think Triple G carried him in that fight. Uh, you know, 12 rounds with Billy Joe Saunders didn't really make a dent in that one, but you know, he's a capable fighter. You kind of, and not, and it's going to be a, a half decent defense for one of the Charlos. I don't know. Do I love it? No, but it, it, it could be way worse. It is what it is. I mean, you're right. It's an Austin Trout comparison is, is apt, by the way. Southpaw, not a big puncher. Defensive, kind of willing to be the B side against anybody. Wasn't, didn't always get the push, you know, promotionally. Fight, good guy. Hey, you know, fight I really, 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 really want to see Rafe September 30th. A Sunday, Does it involve a tree? A Sunday from Ontario, California, which is basically your backyard, Rafe, on FS1 Sunday night. Dude, this is nuts. V.O. is back. Victor Ortiz against John Molina Jr. Are you kidding me? Washed Welters, fireworks. You're going to go to that? You better go to that. This is awesome. Yeah, there's no way, no way I'm missing. In fact, I mean, I drove up to Lancaster to watch 
to watch Molina in that crazy fight at the end of last year against Ivan Redkatch. Uh, and that was one of the most fun three, four round slop fests. I mean, both guys just <laughs> going down, getting sloppy. Uh, and you know, this is a, it's going to be interesting because Molina, has he fought at 147 before? He's going to be really undersized. Uh, but I'm sure, I'm sure you know, I feel Ortiz, like he had to have b-sided himself at one point at 147. Right? That's probably true. Uh, or and Ortiz has has gone up from 140, so he's not the biggest uh, welterweight, but he's going to be outsized a little bit. But at the same time, we know Vic. Yeah, he when when it gets hot, he doesn't always like to stay in the kitchen. That's the thing. Uh, you know that that hot pizza comes at you real fast, and Molina brings some of that brings a heavy slice. You know what I'm saying? Here's a quote from VO after this fight unboxing scene was announced. I'm ready to take what is rightfully mine, and that's another world title down the road. I mean, you just laugh at that. Like, what's rightfully his is a large pizza thrown in his face after he gets KO'd by Molina. But, man, I love this. And, look, he's going to get KO'd. He took the punches from Devin. He showed us more chin and fight in that fight against Alexander the Draw than we'd ever seen in a while. But Molina, the one thing he does is he cracks, bro. I mean, that's the one thing he does is hit you really, really, really. I mean, we know what he has. No panache. But he hits you really, really hard, Rafe. He gives you another hot beef injection. <laughs> and, uh, you know, VO is going to be eating, going to be eating some of that beef. To close, Rafe, David Price, great boxing scene headline you hit me with. The 35 year old washed heavyweight. Two good wins. And I'm back on everyone's lips. Your thoughts. I hope he doesn't get those wins because I don't want no David Price on my lips. Yeah. Wow. No pull out on that, Tyson Fury. Um, <laughs> all right. Hey, speaking of uh, lips and DMs and sloppiness and a great young fighter, let's throw to the Ryan Garcia interview, the unbeaten Golden Boy prospect. We'll see him back on Facebook again this Saturday. Todd Grisham on the call, my man. Rye Guy was nice enough to give us a few minutes. Enjoy. <sighs> King Rye, Ryan Garcia, stepping into the CBS yeah. Sports Podcast. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. How you doing? Fired up. Fired up to talk to you. Just 20 years old, but 1 million Instagram followers can't be wrong, Rye Guy, that you are one of the hot young prospects we are watching. We're pumped up to see your return on Saturday, Indio, California. Facebook watch against Carlos Morales. Dude, this is a yeah. lot of pressure on a guy who just turned 20 because Canelo is golden boy present but it's obvious they've got you as golden boy future how you doing dealing with all this at such a young age you know i just take it step by step and just have an understanding where i just have to keep training hard every day and don't let anything get to my head and i think i'll be okay i mean it's, it is a lot of pressure i mean think about it but i guess if i stay focused and just keep doing what i've always done then i'll be a-okay what do you know about Carlos Morales? You've been stepping up at a, at a pretty fast pace where each each opponent yeah. has been a little bit more dangerous. A couple times you've been tested in there, but you've risen yeah. to the occasion going 15-0, and 0, 13 KOs. What does this match, 10 rounds lightweights, represent to you? So I know this guy, you know, he has a little bit more experience uh, than me at, in the pro ranks. I wouldn't say amateur. Um, but I know he's going to, you know, come to fight. He's went the distance before so he understands how many you know how, oh, how long he could last so so we'll see what it brings but i know for a fact that i will be victorious september 1st and i just want everybody to tune in because 
I trained super hard for this fight, the best I've ever felt. So it's going to be something amazing. Love it, love it. Love the confidence, love the swagger. Love even, there's some arrogance mixed in there. And look, we follow you on social media. Where does this cockiness come from for a guy at such a young age to stand out and be like, I'm next, watch me. Well, you know, like, take a, get a hold, get a load of this. Where does that come from inside? I think it just comes from, like, I don't know, within. I've always been that way in a little bit because, you know, people always underestimate me. They look at me and they just don't think I'm going to, like, I'm a, like, a fighter or I don't. I don't think I'm capable of doing what I'm doing, but you know what? I just love to prove people that, you know, I'm, I could really fight and, and I'll, I'll keep showing it <laughs> as much as I can. All right, King Rye. I, I'm an old guy. I just turned 40. I'm washed, bro. I'm married with kids, so I got to live through other people. You're in your social prime, so to speak. So be real with me for a second. In your 20 years yeah. on this earth, have you found it to be true that it really does go down in the DMs? <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you. It goes down in the DMs. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, this guy, this guy's in his in his life prime right now. We see you on social media taking every girl you can find to to the high school prom. What's going on here, man? <laughs> well, basically, I just I can't say no. I I guess I I want to please like my fans and stuff. So I make my time for the people that support me. So we're talking about this guy's a matinee idol here. So let's talk about the fighting for a second. Is there a yeah. guys you grew up watching that sort of speaks to the fighter you are today? Did you sample a little bit from this guy and this guy here to put together the type of guy you are? So my first fight I've ever I ever watched like on HBO was Flamir versus Zab Judah. So that was that was one of the fights that inspired me to to box because. Cause it was just a whole, like, a whole show. It was entertaining when Floyd's uncle came in the ring and wanted to fight that. It was just, I don't know. I loved that part of it. And I was like, oh, I want to be in a, that type of, you know, adrenaline rush. I want, I don't know. That was, that was one of the most inspiring moments for me <laughs> where oddly was Flamengo versus Abjuda. And then as I was watching boxing, I, you know, loved watching Oscar. I liked when he fought, you know, Mayorga. Uh, and then when he, of course, when he fought Floyd. So those were like the two that I really looked up to, um, coming up. Now, for anybody that's late on watching you as a fighter, how do you sort of subscri- describe yourself in there as the, you know, balance between boxer and puncher? What type of fighter are you in your eyes? I feel like I'm a sniper. I just really, you know, I really, watch what the guy's doing and then observe him and then I take advantage and then when I shoot my shot it, I shoot you know for the KO <laughs> with one punch boom quick fast with all my power so I'm a sniper in there I guess you could say right right and and Ryan that that brings I think us to your last fight against Jason Velez uh I was out there watching live ringside at, you know at StubHub and you know you 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 encountered a guy who had a chin who was be, who was yeah. working hard to to sort of survive that in that fight and gave you a tough fight what so you know you're looking for that one shot but when it's not there you know what did you take from that fight oh uh, i took from that fight that i need to you know not not expect to knock everyone out because you know obviously not you're not gonna knock everybody out. I mean, unless you're Deontay Wilder, but <laughs> but um, 
but I just have to, you know, remember that all my experience that I had in amateurs, you know, to use that and as my advantage. Cause I, I, if I wasn't, I think if I wasn't looking for the KO, I probably would have got the KO. You understand? Mm-hmm. I, I probably would have got it. So, um, just being more patient and, you know, sticking to what I do best and that's boxing and establishing my jab and, you know, being smart in there. How big in weight do you think you can eventually go? Because, you know, you're sort of starting kind of like how Oscar did at these small weight classes. Do you see yourself one day being that big money welterweight? Yeah, definitely. No, I definitely see myself as like my prime is probably going to be as a 47 pounder. 147, that would probably be my prime, 47. But you never know, I might jump up to 54 one day. That looks pretty interesting. This guy, the king, King Rive, shooting his shot. I love that. Hey, I want to ask you an interesting question here because we talked about, we joked around, you know, taking girls to prom. You got a lot of Instagram followers. You're a different kind of attraction that I think, oddly enough, your promoter, Oscar De La Hoya, and maybe your stablemate, Canelo Alvarez, or or promotional stablemate, are the only two guys who can really deal with that, that you're bringing in a whole different kind of fan base. How calculated are you in sort of going after that fan base, and how much advice do you get from those guys uh, on how to cultivate this brand, Ryan Garcia. Well, you know, I I seen a vision before I was even a professional. I I said to myself, you know, I have potential to reach a, a different audience, like the younger generation, and get them into boxing because I've always had some type of following on social media. But uh, of course, nobody knew I was a boxer yet. But as I turned pro, I knew I could reach that market, and now that is happening. You know, I guess it's different in their time because Canelo and, and Oscar, they didn't have social media. So I think I'm able to reach more of that audience because of social media. So basically, I just got to, you know, continue because boxing fans are always going to be boxing fans. But the casual kids like that don't know about boxing and the younger, you know, kids, younger girls and everybody, they don't really think too much of boxing more worried about other stuff so i mean me capturing that market is i think is pretty pretty uh big for for the sport of boxing absolutely ryan like if if indeed you can bring in you know an x amount thousands of new fans make new people really appreciate the sport that would be great for you know Hard, hardcore boxing fans, yeah. dudes sitting in their basement, whatever, whoever they are <laughs> out there, you know, you want the what's best for the sport. Um, I guess yeah. the, I wanted to ask you what it's like, you know, did, uh, do other fighters, you know, obviously it's a, it's a, you, we don't got to tell you how hard this sport is. Um, and yeah. there's always a little resentment you could see from, other fighters when you see a young guy like yourself who, who kind of does like a you know he like has a little has like a pretty boy thing going on online has a million instagram followers like is not afraid mm-hmm. to sort of show a soft side outside of the ring in some ways like how how do you navigate that and and do you are you at all concerned about putting a target on your back you know if i didn't do that then i feel like i would be like everyone else to be honest i feel like there wouldn't be something different about me. I mean, I think in order for you to stand out, you have to, you know, be willing to be yourself. I mean, I don't want to be depicted as a tough guy because in reality, I mean, outside the ring, I'm just, I really just, I love to have fun and be myself. So that's what I'm going to portray on social media. 
and whether or not these boxers, you know, start turning bitter on me, then that's just on them. And if it's a target on my back, well, then you better start shooting for it because <laughs> I'm on my way. Speaking of that target on your back, I'm sure you've heard of this fellow, the other unbeaten lightweight hot young star, Teofimo Lopez. He was on this show oh, yeah. talking about his takeover, and he mentioned that he heard you mention his name in an interview. I want to play you a quick snippet of what he said. I don't see right. him as a challenge, first off. And second second off, is what do I get out of it, honestly? That doesn't help me in any type of way. Uh, the, kid, the kid promoted himself with Golden Boy very well. Yes, but that kid's going to be a huge bust. Mark my words. I give it another year. That, that kid's going to be a huge bust. That, that's tough words, Ryan Garcia. How do you respond to that? Yeah, well, I'm just going to respond to it like, like I would anybody else. Let's fight. Let's see what you got. Like, I don't want to talk about it. Let's be about it. I'm not oh, a challenger. Wow. Let's see. I love, I love <laughs> the swagger. That's what I'm talking about right there. Uh, when you look at this lightweight division, we don't know how long you're ultimately going to stay there as you just, just turned 20 a couple weeks ago. We kind of want to get the feel on, is there guys in this division the big guns, the guys with belts that you think you will have a chance to face before you end up moving up or that you want to face. I mean, we got guys like Mikey Garcia, Lomachenko, Linares. Yeah. We got big names in this division. Yeah. Well, there's just so many names out there that, you know, I could just say, but one of the names that I, I, I don't, I just always wanted to challenge and I know that it would be probably one of the biggest fights right now, even right now. Even at our moment, it was between me and Javante Davis. That's just a fight that I know that if it happened now, it would even be as big as it would even happen in two years just because of how much hype is around it already. Like, if you, like, I pay attention to what everybody says pretty much about, like, what fights they want to see. And every time I post Javante, it just goes off crazy. So I know that's the fight that, that I would want the most. But, of course, everybody else in the division could get it. I mean, <laughs> I don't discriminate. I need I need to fight everybody. So, <laughs> let's get it. And you mentioned Javante Davis. You know, you guys had that yeah. back and forth on Twitter, a little bit on Instagram, too, you know, a few months ago where you're talking about maybe meeting up and, and, and just mm -hmm. doing it in the gym, you know, in a sparring yeah. situation or whatever. Yeah, maybe did, in Temecula. Like, maybe in Temecula. How did that play out? Yeah, Temecula. <laughs> Uh, how did that play out? Well, yeah. basically, basically, this is what happened. I want to tell you full story, full story. So, you know, the beat started. He wrote me in the morning on Twitter. I don't know. I didn't see it until I got got on later that evening. And he was talking mess. So I was like, you know what? Like, like let's fight. Or I forgot what I said to him. And he was like, I'll be in Cali next week. Blah, blah blah blah, and I was like, "Oh, no problem. We could we could get this work. Like, it's, it's like no issue." And then, um, and then everything was said, kind of like I guess he didn't really think that I was gonna say, "All right, like, I come to my gym. I'm serious." So I wrote him on Instagram. I DM'd him, and I was like, "I right, this is my gym, and you better be here at like 11 Monday." And he said, "Oh, oh, that, uh, bet blah blah. Like, let's fight." Uh, I mean, let's uh, let's spar four rounds or something like that. I said four rounds. You talking about? Let's go. Let's go. No, he said ten rounds. I was like, no rounds. I want to keep going until somebody quits. 
and I was dead serious too because I've done that with like a lot of people that want to spar. I was like, all right, let's go to you know who quits first because it's not a real fight. I mean, I'm just trying to see who you know who could who has the most heart. Uh, we're not getting paid, so I just want respect. So, and then um, and then a lot of people hit me up, Oscar, and everybody's like, you know what? I think that would probably be one of the biggest fights. I mean, you should probably hold off on that. But I was like, you know what? I'm still going to spar him because whether or not I'm going to fight him one day. But then uh, he ended up having a kid. Uh, I didn't know that he was, had a kid on the way, but he did. And, um, you know, it is a blessing, but um, but I just feel like that's why he probably, that's why it was like it wasn't going to happen. So I was just like, you know what? This is just let him enjoy, you know, time with his newborn baby and and we could get this work another time, pretty much. That's basically what happened. And then, you know, it just kind of died out, and I was like, ah, whatever. So that's pretty much what happened. Wow, wow. That's getting me fired up about the idea of a future fight between the two of you. Do you have any respect? You're a internet sensation. It's a new generation of, of guys who they don't need to be boxers. They can get really famous just by sitting in front of a camera. Do you have respect for what Logan Paul and KSI did Selling eight hundred thousand pay per views in a celebrity boxing match over the weekend. That was that was amazing, to be honest. Actually, um Jake Paul and Logan they wanted me to train them, but like oh. I was training for my own fight, so of course I couldn't. But um but yeah, I thought that was super cool. I mean look, they don't even box and they just do on one of the biggest internet events of all time. So basically what I'm saying is respect to them. I don't hate I actually thought it was actually really entertaining the fight, and um, and I mean I wouldn't even mind seeing them fight again. It's funny. I mean, of course they not they don't really know how to fight, fight, but but it's funny because like they're really going at it and they really trained for this fight, and I just think it's funny and entertaining. But I mean, I don't find it disrespectful. I mean, those two guys are still you know getting in the ring, training and making weight, taking things serious. It's not like they did it. Like half-ass, they they um they uh, got Michael Buffer to um, announce. They had uh you know the fight at Manchester. Uh, what was it called? I forgot the arena. Um, and they had judges, so they did it legit. So I'm not gonna I'm not mad at it. Yeah, and I was curious, like maybe it's the kind of thing where you could never sort of get involved with something like that because, you know, you have an actual boxing career and, and, you know, yeah. you don't want to mess with your license or anything, but it, it just yeah. hypothetically, I guess, like what if, what if all of a sudden, you know, one of the, another sort of Instagram famous and YouTube famous uh figure like that were to call you out, you know, gets kind of gets a, a big head and is like, you know what, I'm going to challenge a real boxer who is also, you know, it also has this big social media presence and they're trying to get you involved. Uh, you, I mean, would you, how tempted would you be to go in there and, you know, steal their following, steal all their, uh, their fans, steal their, steal their steal girls. Their girls. Yeah. Steal their girls. <laughs> oh man. I, Honestly, I should just probably laugh. I'm not about it. No, I'm not. Because either way, I'm taking a big-ass L, so I'm not going to do it. Like, if, I win, if I win, I just beat up a YouTuber. If I lose, then I fucking, like, I just, either way, I, I'm taking it out. I'm sorry about cussing. I don't know. That's okay. That's all good. All right, we've heard you sing on Instagram. We know that your promoter, Oscar De La Hoya, my favorite fighter ever, was nominated for a Latin Grammy in 2000 for Best Pop Album. 
We know some That's other insane. boxers like to sing, like my man Tyson Fury. Baby, I just don't get it. Oh yeah, well we see you getting in the studio and putting out something. What do we? What do we got? What's the future of Ryan Garcia here at twenty outside the ring? Outside the ring, well, I've already shot, you know, some big campaigns for some modeling shoots uh, that haven't been announced yet, but they're pretty huge. Like they're the top brands, like some of the top brands. So I shot for that. Um, I have some other things coming up for New York Fashion Week that I'm gonna be walking. So I have those coming up, and then also, I think outside of boxing, the main thing I want to do, I want to become a director for movies. Nice. So I'm working on that for after my career, but that, but music, uh, I think if anything, I'd be like, I'll throw out a rap album, but <laughs> I w- but I would have like my name wouldn't be under it wouldn't be under Ryan Garcia, it would be under like an alias that nobody would even know. It'd be a diss track to our boy Teofimo Lopez there, bro, or or to Gervonta Davis oh. to hype the next big one. Oh, well, I'm actually gonna probably start dropping you know diss tracks on all of them. <laughs> Then you'd be like, I'll take your like, – it was like Broner said that time, right? I beat Polly. I left with his belt and his girl. Yeah. You take it all. Take it all. Take the belt and the girl. All right. I have a very important question to close here. Unless, unless Ray, if you have anything else here. I got I got a big question. No, go for it, man. All you right. got it. You got it. All this. right. Ryan Garcia, we're, we're pumped up to see you Saturday. Facebook watch Indio, California against Carlos Morales. But this is the real question. Be honest with me. No need to water right. down or hurt feelings, all right? We won't share this with anybody but our passionate listeners. You, Canelo, and Oscar – in 2018, all enter a club at the same time, but there's only one girl alone on the dance floor. Who's leaving with her? You know I'm leaving with her. She's going to love the dance moves. You, she, she knows. like My dancers are too good, so she's got to leave with me. So that's what I'm talking about. Take, take that, Big Red. Take that, Canelo. That's what I'm talking about. Rafe, you, you believe him. You believe him, right? I believe him, but I think Oscar might be releasing you from Golden Boy. <laughs> Oscar's Oscar, the... nah, that's my big bro. He's going to be proud of me. Oscar's the man. Big fan of Oscar. Big fan of yours, King Rye. Best of luck in this fight. Great. Thanks so much for taking the time with us, man. You got a lot of things ahead of you. Navigate carefully, bro. We don't want to see you on TMZ, all right? No no, no stick picks. Nah, nothing nothing nah. gross here, all right? Stay the course. Nah. Thanks, all right, brother. Thanks, Thank man. Thank you guys for having me. Rafe, I know I do this every time, but this guy might be my new favorite. I mean, like, he is he is what he is. He's that cocky pretty boy, but he's got good answers, bro. He, he's he's going to shoot his shot, as he said. <laughs> oh, wow, Rafe. That is, that is just so good. I mean, he's going to come out there and, you know... Um, he, he may have shot his wad. Still, those hands. Yeah, still those hands. Um, yeah, uh, I'd love to, you know, maybe peek at those DMs once, maybe. He said he's can't say no. That's why he's been to so many proms. But when he goes from, like, serenading you with the Frank Sinatra thing, goofy on shirtless on Instagram to, like, fighter mode, Teofimo Lopez, the takeover, I'm not about it. I'm about fighting, not about talking. I get fired up. I mean, he's going after Javante Davis. Not a lot of guys are doing that, right? Well, yeah, I want to see him follow through on some of this eventually. And it's kind of weird because on one hand, I, we like the talk. We like, we like the bravado. We also like to see guys follow through on that and actually make those fights happen, go after, actually dare to be great in this way, not just 
say that they dare to be great. But it's also he's so young and raw in a few ways that you just in terms of what's best for his long term career, I don't necessarily want to see him rush into those fights. So it's I go back and forth and I and and at the same time, I know that if he doesn't sort of live up to some of this big talk or doesn't at least step up and challenge himself in that way, fans are going to hold it against him a little bit. Like if he. If he's talking all this junk about Javante Davis, although, you know, he's talking about Javante Davis. He just went up to 135 pounds that Javante can sit there and say, well, I'm still 130. Looks to me like you're running out of my my weight division. Um, but whatever. It's making weight. There's a lot of different reasons there. Um, look, he's fun. He's fun. It's going to be fun. It's a fun scene when he fights because you get the weird, you get girls showing up like, Eight at a time, all wearing matching homemade Ryan Garcia shirts. I mean, this was like this at StubHub before. And it's just a – it's a totally different scene. It's weird for boxing. It's fun. And he's got talent. He's got that hand speed is, for, is, is real. The power is maybe not what he thinks it is in terms of like one-shot knockouts. But as long as Golden Boy is responsible in how they match him, I think they're going to be because they see big dollar signs behind him, then – he could have a really interesting career. I love the boldness. I mean, it is like young Oscar in that sense where the, everyone's going to call him a pretty boy, but when you want to fight the best and you go in there and you do it, you know, people are going to have to respect you in the end. Uh, the most important question to me was the last one though, Rafe. Do you think he's right? In 2018, and we've seen Oscar, mid forties Oscar. Remember we had beers with him that time? I think he could still seal the deal. We know. Uh, Canelo uh, is born ready, Rafe, right? I was born ready. Who's coming out of there with that one girl in the end? Well, I think it depends what kind of scene we're talking about. If it's the if it's if it's the younger generation, it's these this generation that that is into Ryan Garcia. He might have the edge. I think that most adult clubs, not not like adult, you know, gentlemen's clubs, but uh, <laughs> you mean like uh, not, what's not, not called? Not private. Steve Smoker Dungeon Clubs, oh, wow. but just just regular dance clubs with adults. I actually think Oscar gets the nod still because really? he is he's an icon, bro, and he still looks good. He's still you know you don't he, he's, we know Oscar's a little freaky. You know you you're you're in for a wild night. You go home with Oscar. You don't got to go home with this young boy just turned twenty years old. Might you know he might be cute, but who knows? He doesn't have that experienced lover whole thing act that Oscar See, can give I, you. Oscar can give you the full jeter. Oscar could have you. Two words on the D, you know what I mean? He could, he could, he could go there with you. Oscar parties too, you know. He's not. He doesn't oh, have so the to girls stay know in, that in they're getting shape. the whole. Yeah, the girls know they're getting the whole package with him. See, I thought you were going to say it's. It depends on the age, but it's between King Rye and Canelo. But do you think Canelo's got game in that area? Like, let's be honest. I mean, let's be really honest. Do you think, or, or you know? Oloki, you are next, my friend. Does he do that same call out when he's in the clubs? You think? <laughs> Uh, you woman, you are next. You are next, woman. I mean, all right, all right. If you're done with this conversation, I was ready. To, I was ready to go on another tangent here. Tell but me I, what else? What else you got th- uh, with with Canelo? Um, he seems like more the kind of guy who just lets lets the action come to him. So in a three man race, I don't know that he's going to win that because I think King Rai and 
Oscar are are go getters. They're going after it. Whereas, so so the guy who likes to play it cool, that's not going to work in this case. However, in a in a normal situation when there's a whole room full of of people to meet and mingle with, you know, Canelo is just going to lay back in the cut, and 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 yeah. the people are going to come to him because that's they right. see that they see that. That's how he treats hair, other fighters. Beard. They see those great tattoos, and they're just like, mm, i got to get me some of that. Wow, that's interesting. So how these guys court women at the club is kind of how they court other fighters based on their status. So you're saying Canelo just sits back and is like, I'm Canelo. You're coming to me. Where King Rai is like the new guy on the scene. He's calling out Gervonta. He's going to that club. He's like, I- I'm going to make that happen. Yeah, well, the I think the – Basically, the reason we're we're breaking out or da- breaking down these guys' personalities based on how they call out and make fights is that we really don't know anything about them in real life. All we know is how they act as boxers, so we have to extrapolate that into how they would act in a club. I situation. love that you basically characterize Oscar as like a modern day Ric Flair. You'll never be first, but you might be next. <laughs> Woo! Uh, all right, Rafe, that's that. Hey. Slide in them DMs. The DMs are open. Speaking of Ryan Garcia's DMs, our DMs are open. DM season is open. We say that a lot on the show. We don't always get a lot of slides, though, but I do love to hear from the people. We got a couple this week, Rafe. Hit me up at B Campbell CBS at Rafe Bugs. Slide right in. Get your questions answered from Derek underscore boxing and MMA underscore betting at boxing Derek. Do with that name what you might feel. He says, love the new podcast boxing i'm an old the ropes podcast alum and i'd like to support what you and rafe are doing if possible i wanted to bring to your attention a major hashtag load watch 2018 moment during the quillen versus love post-fight press conference exclamation point you have to bring this up on the next boxing podcast exclamation point rafe i went back and scrubbed from Peter Quillen's victory over Jaylion Love, the post sound, and I think this is what he's referencing. Here's Jaylion Love. I think this is the best of what he's saying. This guy is trying to shoot some bombs. I don't care. A lot of y'all ain't never been hit before. So let's just get that straight. So until you get hit, you don't understand what I'm saying. He was trying to shoot some real heavy shots. and I. Rafe, have you ever been hit from by those kind of heavy shots? I'm not a fighter, Brian. I'm not a fighter. I'm not in there taking the heavy shots, the heavy L's, the heavy Rafe, I'm W's. I'm not talking not about fights, me. Rafe. I'm not talking about fights. All right. I, what was what was he talking about in the in the press conference then? <laughs> hey, great moments in load watch history, right there, Rafe. Where's uh, where's our guy Lou Delval when we need him? Right. I mean, come on, dude. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he did, Lou. He did. All right. Uh, Derek closes by saying, finally, what does it look like? Mayweather at 135, fresh off the Castillo win versus current Mikey Garcia. I feel like we've already done that one, right? I probably. I, unfortunately, with like our what it looked ago? like, they, they, they get recycled every single We should probably start keeping a list, but you asked it's a good me chance. Mayweather, Mikey at 130 uh-huh. prime versus prime, and I, and I picked Mikey. Because of the, You're the out of your accuracy. out of your mind, out of your mind, brother. No, 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 no. Let's let's do this with some class and dignity. I mean, I, what I want Floyd. you to know is, are you with me or not on that? Are you here with me or not? Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Are you with me? I am not with you. Stop the fight. It's over. <laughs> uh, 
I'm on the stool. I'm not with you. I'm not going down that road with you. How come every what's it look like has to end in you trying to get me to pick someone against Floyd? How many times? Like it's always always a setup. No, 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 no. All right, this ain't Birdo, bro. Uh, Scott Henry at Scott Sprint Utah is a repeat offender in the DMs. He has two questions for us. Number one, I want to throw this at you, Big Red. What sort of advantages will Canelo's new ink give him in the rematch? And I think he's talking about that tattoo on the inside of Canelo's left forearm. Well, you know, the conspiracy theorist in me wonders if that ink is actually there to camouflage injection marks. Wow. You smell what I'm cooking? G Triple G wow. knows. He saw the injection mark. You know what? During all this all the media, how come nobody is kind of pressing Triple G on that insane statement that he made way back in the day during all of the Clembuterol gate stuff when he's like I saw injection marks on his torso. What? What? You know, I, I need to I need the iPad. I need the Miguel Cotto iPad with the proof. To understand this. In any case, yeah, I think he may, maybe all those, all those injections, the little tiny needle with the ink, maybe it's not just ink. Wow. It's ink plus something. Ink, the ink that'll get you ripped. Dadu Jack tattoo parlor. Yeah, the, the Oxy Ripper ink. Uh, he also says, Rafe, and this is why I stopped you earlier. Scott Henry at Scott Sprint, Utah wants to know what does a Dog Bay Rigo fight look like? Is Rigo even still alive? Dog Bay is a bad little man Rafe that's the ultimate friggin test but if you believe that Bob Aram's gonna go out of his way to give Rigo another big fight you got another thing coming bro yeah I wouldn't be in a rush to make that fight I would I it would it'd be something I'd love to see because shoot just stylistically it's fascinating you there's a and we saw, you know, basically we saw what happens when Dog Bay faces a guy who's a little slicker, a little more classically trained, a little more technical than him against Magdaleno, and and he had to get through some tough spots. He got that rough knockdown in the beginning of the fight against Rigo. That you may not survive that. You can't really be. It's very hard to 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 make a mistake against Rigo. Um, however, Dog Bay so physical, so fast, so fight. overwhelming. Yeah. Shoot, I mean. He he's one guy who might be able to overcome that. He it still remains to be seen, but what we're seeing with Dog Bay may be uh some version of even though it's crazy, you know, the Richard Shaper thing. He the, a new anything now because he is this physicality, this this energy, this he fights in a way that doesn't you know, it's just different. It makes it doesn't always make sense, yeah. it, but it's it, it it's a lot it, it overwhelms Guys who look like they should be on better, better on paper, whether it's Jesse Magdaleno or, you know, going all the way back to, um, good lord, why, how, how do I, Morales and Barrera, Marco Antonio Barrera, like going all the way back to that Pacquiao fight. Um, you know, it's overwhelming guys who look like they're better boxers. Yeah, I mean, Rigo may end up finding the hard way. Uh, I'd love to see that. We're not going to see it, so I almost don't even think of it as a mythical matchup. Rafe, it's time. Because we've been running long here, as always, to get into my most favorite part of the week, which is weekend preview. Rafe Bartholomew, do you care? But it's not just weekend preview, because we have a fight or fights of note on Tuesday I want to ask you about. So we're recording this on Monday. By the time people hear this, this fight might already be over. But Rafe, from Thailand on Tuesday, Wanhang Menayothin 
is going to defend his WBC strawweight title against Filipino Pedro Taduran. Is that that's pretty good, right? Pacquiao Taduran. Taduran. Uh, Taduran. Taduran. Be and the key here is that this WBC strawweight champion is fifty and zero with eighteen KOs, and with a win, he will break Floyd Mayweather's not really a record, mythical record for what best unbeaten record before they retire if he actually retires it's not even a thing but it's a thing he'll best floyd mayweather do you care hell yes i'm i am in on one hang man he he has one of my favorite nicknames dwarf giant that's that's fantastic <laughs> thai dwarf giant he's not just some thailand guy okay this is 50 and 0 going for 51 and 0 I don't care about the record but shoot I like the, he, he's a he's one of these little swole mean as hell guys and they're fun and and he's got a great nickname His real name is Chayafan Moonsri but he's taken the name Wanhang Menayothin Wanhang is the name of the gym he fights out of Menayothin translates to five star grilled chicken in Thai so he's a human advertisement. He's a Fasan 3K battery. He's well, a as as is yeah as is customary for Thai fighters. But shoot, you know he could throw some of that chicken at me, Billy Joe Saunders style. I'll eat it. Wow, wow. Uh, he owns a 2015 TKO over Young Gil Bay, that blonde-haired Asian guy they sacrificed to uh, SSR when he was coming off that breakup a couple weeks ago at Bantamweight. Wow. Hey, Rafe. Also on Tuesday from Kinshasa, Congo. Don't call it Zaire. Cruiserweights, I bring this up, it's not televised, it's probably not even televised in Zaire, if that's even still a thing. From Congo, do you care about 12 rounds cruiserweights, Taylor Mabika versus Ilunga Makabu? I, I do, cause it's cruiserweights. Shoot, I can't, I got, I mean, this is, I gotta stay on us. brand. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know Mabika. Makabu is good, I mean, he's the guy who Tony Bellew knocked out but it was a it was a big it was kind of a big upset and a lot i i didn't expect that to happen and and bell you got floored in like the first round of that and then came back and ended up you know having Ilunga uh slumped over in the ropes basically asleep from a left hook uh but that's his only loss i think unless he's lost since then um and uh i wouldn't be surprised if makabu gets through this if he is one of the Cruiserweights involved in season two of the World Boxing Super Series Cruiserweight competition, which should be announced sometime soon. Wow. Cruising was made for box. I had no idea you were going to have an answer to this. I thought for sure you'd be like, nah, even I don't care about this cruiserweight crap. Man, you had I, a breakdown of how the guy might win. I've been in on Makabu since he was fighting on those Triple G independent pay-per-view undercards wow. out there in Monaco. You really he, are he the real the, deal. He I was ex- on the Nobuhiro, Nobuhira Ishida, Ishida. He was on that undercard the same night that we got to see the meat, favorite food meat wow. graphic. See, here's the thing. I, I was once hardcore, you know, 2013, 14, I was your guy. But look, I'm a uh, getting exposed week after week on the show as a guy who can't pronounce names and he's kind of a soft, uh, softy, uh, you know, fair weather boxing fan. I got three fight sports I'm trying to juggle. Some people like me, some people don't. You're the real deal, Rafe. You, you're really the whole package. Because they had a full package. Where they're going to get that full package today? Who puts their balls on the line? Who does that in boxing? Rafe Bartholomew does that every week. This guy really knows what he's talking about. I, I know this game, Brian. Let me tell you, I know this game. <laughs>
All right, Rafe. Saturday, Indio, California. We talked about it. Facebook watch. King Rye, Ryan Garcia, Carlos Morales. You going to watch this on, on Facebook Saturday? You like King Rye by knockout? What's going on here? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to watch. I mean, I'll, I'll watch either live or afterwards. I, the, the first Golden Boy Facebook experience, I believe, had some streaming problems, at yes. least with the live broadcast. Hopefully, they fix those glitches. If I'm around, I'd watch it. It's not a really stacked card, but what are you going to do? Glitches get stitches, Rafe. Oh wait, wait, wait! Does, are we gonna get Slater on this again? Uh, no, we already already hit Slater. Oh yeah, I think he's on this card. I think he should be right. Him and Tim and Todd Grisham, unless we end up seeing like Beto Duran slide in there. Oh, I would I, look if if Slater's involved, I'm back in. I'm I'm, I'm back in. Oh, oh, all right. It was that easy. Uh, it's that easy, Preppy. Hey, speaking of cruiserweights, Rafe, Saturday on Cloud TV. Yes, put your credit card down for that one from Kempton Park, South Africa. Tobisco Manchunu against Thomas Ustheisen, 12 rounds. How the heck is Ustheisen a cruiserweight? You and I saw him on the Gennady Macklin undercard in 2013 when he fought Brandon Gonzalez at 168. Rafe, do you care about this fight? Oh, yes. I'm a big Tobisu the Rock Mchunu fan going back to his NBC Sports Net days or whatever that was called. The main events cards. Uh, you know, the, the great, the great Duva family, Jolene Mazzone, they brought Mchuno in a couple times and, and he put on a nice performance. He's a funny, he's actually one of the guys who got me into the cruiserweights. I, I think probably the, the, Patient zero for my infatuation with cruiserweights was the uh, the legendary Dennis Rubadub Lebedev <laughs> war with Guillermo Jones, who was like 45 years old and roided to hell, and Lebedev's head basically exploded, but he still didn't give up. What a fight! That was a great. Fight. And another one was Chunu, just because he's such a weird shaped fighter. He's 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 like five eight, five nine. Weighs in at 200, just a, just a, one of these all muscle kind of guys, thick as hell, um, and very slick. Now, uh, unfortunately, he, he ran up against Usyk and, uh, Makabu knocked him out at one point in time. So he's kind of, the, the, the shine is off of, uh, the rock, but he's a fun little fighter, and it'll be interesting to see what, you know, Ustis and Tommy Gunn has left. He's never a guy I liked. That long rangey junk kind of worked at like super middleweight, a little bit at light heavyweight. I don't see how it helps him so much at cruiserweight where they're used to fighting guys with height like that. And plus, he supposedly has a terrible lifestyle. There's always stories. Well, let me tell you about the it. only yeah He's what somehow only thirty years old. He's twenty seven one and two with sixteen KOs. His only loss came last year when he lost a decision at light heavyweight to Igor Mikalkin, the guy that Kovalev took his soul of. Now he's moving up to cruiserweight. This fight against Minchuno was supposed to happen in South Africa earlier this year, but Tommy Gunn went to jail for drug possession. It was a just another in a line of offenses that has derailed his career. He's fresh out of jail with a giant scar above his right eye, and he's calling himself, quote, the toughest effing guy around here. Here's a sequence I want to read you from the Times Live newspaper in South Africa for when Tommy came out of jail and they were talking about redoing this fight. Ustaisen hasn't been in the ring since May last year, but that doesn't mean he hasn't used his fists. Quote, I have been in prison. How can you say I haven't fo- fought? End quote. He said, explaining that he's had nine fights in prison in three months. The vertical cut that splits his right eyebrow, however, came while getting ready for church the Sunday before last, he said. He was rushing outside to fetch black socks because, quote, you can't wear white socks to church. End quote. And in a rush, he tripped over his dog. 
and hit his head on the security gate. Rafe has a massive scar above his right eye. He's had nine jail fights in the past three years, in the past three months. Do you believe that he cut his head while on his way to church? <laughs> I, the story is so crazy that I feel like I have to believe you it. You can't like, make this crap up, Rafe. Why would, why would that guy bother making up that story? What, what, what face is there left to save? Wow. Uh, hey, we, we just went, I think we went two hours this week. I don't know how we end up getting this far and with nothing going on. Why do we, we love the, the crap side of boxing. We love we, it. May I, may I say, and not out of any attempt in lame cross promotion, but we respect box, Brian. I respect box. We actually you respect do. Box. And what, like Peter McNeely said, if you don't respect this show, respect box, respect what we do. Hey, keep laughing. Keep laughing. It's real funny, huh? If, you go, if any one of you doesn't respect me or what I'm doing or what I've been doing for the last three months since we've been announced, and going against a guy like this, you'd have a big dump in your pants. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, you can check out Rafe's newsletter every Friday, Respect Box, sometimes on Monday, at Rafe Books on Twitter to sign up for that. Rafe, your book. For the love of basketball, starring Omar Epps. No, seriously, tell us it's close. We're close here. Give us the title again. It's not love and basketball. What is this called? Very close. It's called love. I now I don't even know basketball. A love story. It's going to be out September 18th. Big oral history book I put together with the great Hall of Famer Jackie McMullen from ESPN. Uh, tied to a documentary that's coming out a little bit after the book on ESPN. Maybe also on ESPN Plus. Probably both, so you can subscribe. Uh, but also hopefully check out the book because we're pretty excited about it. If you enjoy that other sport uh, with the round ball, uh, then you might enjoy it. It's good. Round ball rock. What Hall of Fame is she in? The Naismith? Yeah, the 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 Springfield, Massachusetts, uh, Kevin Freeman, UConn Hall of Fame. Hey, shout out, shout out to her on that. Hey, that's the end of our show, Rafe. Do you? I know that you know. I'm X-rated, and he ain't. And he ain't. Most shows aren't X-rated. Apparently, we are. Rafe, enough of the flashy flash. What do you got for the people as we exit? We out.